Welcome to the Gifted to Give podcast. I am Brother Gian. If you're new to podcasting, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share to all of you how wonderful God is as we celebrate the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines. Good day, listeners. We have once again Monsignor Achilles Dakai as he will preach and teach to us the good news of the gospel for this Sunday, June 20, 2021. We have a great number of listeners, downloads, and interactions. We at Gifted to Give Podcast would like to thank everyone for their support. And now, without further ado, please join us in welcoming Monsignor Achilles Dakai. we may not only look at each other, but that we may look together in the same direction. As we have been saying, our direction this Friday is Sunday at Mass, the Gospel. So what we are studying actually is just the Gospel assigned for a Sunday, be it cycle A, B, or C. As we have been saying, this cycle B this year is of course the Gospels to be proclaimed at every Mass is according to St. Mark. That's why we have today Mark 4 from verse 35. But then as we have been saying, we want to sound a a change from the usual. We want to make a difference from the traditional. The usual traditional way of reading and reflecting on the gospel of a cycle is from the cycle, gospel, you refer to an Old Testament passage, and then you refer to a letter of St. Paul. But I repeat, I would like to read and reflect on the gospels from A, C, or B or C, assigned for this Sunday so that we may have a fuller understanding of the message still on Friday and then when we go to Mass on Sunday we have that fuller understanding of the message. And so before anything else I uh, we have to to pray God, our Father, send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may read your word with faith. Reflect on it with hope and realize it with love, following Jesus Christ, your Son, from whom we find freedom, fulfillment, and the future with you forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I may now ask kindly 
Sister Julianne, to read for us the Gospel assigned for this Cycle B Sunday. Mark 4. Open your Bibles to Mark 4, 35. On that day, as evening drew on, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. A violent squall came up, and waves were breaking over the boat, so that it was already filling up. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased and there was great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this whom even wind and sea obey? Okay, thank you, Miss Vestil. This gospel assigned for this coming Sunday, the 20th of um, June, is better understood if we also refer to cycle A, Gospel, as well as to cycle C. Look, there is a connection between the three and I trust the wisdom of the Commission on Liturgy for precisely assigning these three Gospels for this day. But I repeat, now, this year, I'd like to reflect on the three Gospels because I find an angle from which to view these Gospels. I find uh, an aspect under which to view these Gospels, which are called Synoptic Gospels. Synoptic, C-S-I, S-I-N means together, and optic means once you see one, you see the other two, or you see all the three of them as one. And it's very true. We have an example of that here now. So let me start with cycle C gospel according to St. Luke. Because in that gospel, which also is recorded by Matthew and Mark, in that gospel, Jesus, we are told, went to a lonely place near Caesarea Philippi. And first of all, before acting, before saying anything, before doing anything, he prayed. He prayed. Of course, 
for his apostles that they may answer his question rightly. And his question was, who do people say that I am? And when they reported from their feedbacks, they said, you are John the Baptist, people say you are Jeremiah, people say you are Elijah, etc. Jesus heard the answers. And we know that Jesus wanted a, an opinion survey. He wanted to audit his performance. He wanted to know if his parables have been understood and his miracles. So he asked the question, what do people say? But he was not at all discouraged to hear the feedback. So fast facing his own apostles, he said about you, how about you? You have been with me. Who, who do you say I am? And Peter, Simon, now acknowledged as the spokesman of the twelve, said you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. You are the, the anointed in the Old Testament as we have read. Actually, that answer of Simon Peter was correct. But why did Jesus direct them? Why did he direct them not to tell this to anyone? Because it was a correct answer but not complete. He had to complete it by saying the Son of Man must greatly suffer death. This was the complete answer because during that time even the apostles must have read about the Christ, the anointed, the Messiah as the military leader to topple down the Roman government. But that is not what Jesus wanted to do. So he said, how about you? Peter's answer was um, correct but not complete. And so Jesus said, I am the suffering Messiah, the suffering servant. So it's by suffering that I shall redeem the world. So that is how Jesus identified himself. Because in these three Gospels now, we would like to see how Jesus identified himself for who he is, for who he was, and for who he will be. And so he had, for example, without being asked or without being asking, being asked or asking a question, he has said, I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the living bread. I am the true vine. All these are ideas of Jesus Christ. And here in these three Gospels, we have three ways of Jesus 
identifying himself. First, of course, according to St. Luke, that he is the suffering servant. In Matthew's Gospel for Cycle A, we have another way of looking at Jesus and him already as identified. In the Gospel according to Matthew, Jesus said, Be afraid of God who can kill, destroy a body and a soul in hell. Be afraid of him because he knows all. He knows everything, God. He knows when a sparrow alights on the ground to hop for life. He knows, he counts the hairs on your head, not the falling hairs, but those on your head. He knows that. So he knows too the value of man, the dignity of man. He knows everything. So he said, if anyone acknowledges me as all-knowing, I will also acknowledge him before my father. So that's one idea of Jesus, all-knowing. He already knew, if you attended Mass yesterday, in the Gospel according to St. Mark. I know the Father knows whatever you ask before you pray, before you ask. He knows that. He knows everything. As God, if you remember, when Adam committed the sin, he hid himself. God knew where he was. But still God asks Adam, where are you? He knew that Cain killed Abel, and he knew where that was. But God says, to Cain, where is your brother Cain? He knew, for example, where Lazarus was laid by his sisters, Mary and Martha, but still he asked, where have you laid him? He knew what a blind man would need, but still he would ask, what do you want me to do for you? So he knew, and yet, there is a corresponding responsibility on the part of us. So we come to the cycle B, Gospel that just read according to St. Mark. Jesus was taken by the apostles into a boat, most probably Peter's boat. Then and there, he went to the stern of the boat, to the back of the boat, and he slept on a pillow. He slept on a cushion. Then all of a sudden, in that lake of Genesaret, the strong winds blew to create high waves, 
and the waves were filling up the boat. And so the apostles had to wake up Jesus. And indeed, it's recorded what they told him. Master, do you not care? Does it not matter to you that we are about to die? We are perishing? Save us. And Jesus woke up and rebuked them. Oh, you of little faith, you still do not realize that even if I am asleep, my mere presence with you should have been a guarantee, a safeguard to keep you safe and sound. But you had to wake me up as if only when I am waking up have the power to control the forces of nature. I am telling you, this is what he actually wanted to say. I am the author of nature. I am the author of nature. I am all-powerful. I can make the waves and the winds obey me because I am true God and true man. So here is another idea of Jesus, all-powerful, all-powerful God. And so he said, you must also acknowledge me as all-suffering, all-knowing, and all-powerful. This is the, the connection between the three Gospels. How do we therefore know Jesus Christ these days when we are celebrating the 500th year of Christianity in the Philippines? How have we known him? Saint Jerome, long time ago, Saint Jerome was the monk who translated from the original languages, maybe Aramaic, Hebrew, or Greek, into Latin. His Bible is called Volgata. He has said, he has said, ignorance of the sacred scripture is ignorance of Jesus Christ. If you do not read the Bible, you won't know Jesus Christ. So here we are. That's why we are studying the Bible, because we would like to know Jesus more. And remember, Jesus has said in one of those three Gospels, if anyone wishes to follow me, he must imitate me. In Cebuano we say, Kin sa tong buot mo sunod nako, sunda ko. It's not enough to come after me. You must imitate me. Sunda ko. And this is now the challenge for us. How do we know Jesus Christ? How do we follow him? He might also ask us, who am I? But if you do not follow me, or how can you follow me? 
if you do not love me? And how can you love me if you do not know me? And how can you know me if you do not hear my word and act on it so that I remain in you and you in me? And you eat my flesh and drink my blood so that I live in you and you in me. Remember, huh? I told you that this 500th year of Christianity in the Philippines had been prepared since 2012 in a year, in a nine-year program of new evangelization. But the general theme at that time, 2012, was live Christ and share Christ. So how can you share him if you do not live him? If, how can you give Christ if you are not gifted with him? And you can only be gifted with him, you can only live with him if you read his Gospels. That is why, that is why there is this need to really go to Mass and stand up to listen to every Gospel so that when the Mass is ended, we take home a lesson for us to learn and live by at home. Jesus, I repeat, has been identifying himself slowly but surely, step by step, with many parables here and several miracles there. But the question is, have we the people, have we the disciples, have we the apostles learned to answer with a just and right answer to the question, who am I? He keeps on asking us that. Because if we do not know him, we won't love him. If we don't love him, we won't follow him. So if we pride ourselves, if we are legitimately proud to say that we are Christians in name and in deed, we have to know Christ. You have to read the Bible. So this is it. The three Gospels assigned for cycle C, according to St. Luke, is also found in the two other Gospels of St. Mark and St. Matthew, as well as this Gospel according to St. Mark is also found in Matthew and Luke, and the Gospel for cycle A is also found in Mark and Luke. So it's always fruitful, I would say. It's almost always productive for us spiritually if we try also for fine time to read the three Gospels assigned. Even if only this year we focus especially on St. Mark but not exclusively, because we have to refer to Matthew as well as to Luke. So here I pause for some of your 
reflections. Because I repeat, the, every gospel is pregnant with meanings and can be viewed from different angles and under different aspects. So you can make a reflection on your own. But I'm trying to give you just one point. And to highlight this point, I said we have to refer to Matthew, Mark, and Luke as synoptic gospels. Write your questions so that we may further explain what we have so far said. After all, the gospel is only about what Jesus did and what Jesus said. So from the sayings of Jesus and the doings of Jesus, we can learn a lot, but one at a time. One point at a time. So one homily should only highlight one point at a time. You cannot grasp all the dimensions of one gospel, all the meanings of one gospel, but it takes a reflection on each of them and speak to them on the pulpit as a homily. Ours is not a homily. This is a study of the scriptures so that we know Jesus Christ. First question, your good morning, Monsignor. Again, we thank God for your presence with this Friday morning. My question is, if we are acknowledged Jesus before others as all-knowing, why do we still have to pray and ask Him? <laughs> okay, a good question. If Jesus is God-made man, all-knowing, why do we have to pray? Precisely, this is what was read yesterday in the Gospel, that God already knows what you need before you ask Him. But why does He do that? Why does He ask us to pray? Because to pray is to acknowledge our need for Him, our dependence on Him. And that takes a lot of humility on our part. He wants us to be humble to admit that indeed we need Him. He knows already what we need, but we must on our own confess, we must profess that we are creatures in need of our Creator. That's why we have to pray. Remember to prayer, to pray is fourfold. To pray is to worship, to fall on your knees. To pray is to praise, especially to sing. To pray is to thank God, and to pray is to ask Him. We ask many times. We pray in order to ask. But then we must ask according to the pattern, which is the Our Father. You must address your asking to the Father. You must ask for what interests Him first of all. His name, His kingdom, and His will. And then you pray, ask for yourselves. 
daily bread to live and then forgiveness for each other etc so prayer is good for us it does not at all increase God's greatness but prayer will profit us for our salvation we are set apart when we pray we become humble at least to say the least thing second question your yes. if Jesus is God made man the author of nature why does he does not control the forces of nature <laughs> that's true we ask if this world was created by God and God is in control of this world if he is the author of nature why does the sky pours down rains and why do the rivers overflow why is there a storm or why is there a fire why cannot God prevent them from happening okay we have said this we have asked this question many times before we ask why did God not prevent why did he not prevent Adam and Eve from sinning why because he had given them a right a right to be free a freedom of choice and that freedom therefore has to be used misused or abused so when they misused and abused their freedom Adam and Eve God could not prevent them this is what John Paul II calls in his book crossing the threshold of hope the powerlessness of God vis-a-vis the freedom of man if God could prevent would prevent every river to overflow then he might as well create a river that does not overflow but that is precisely what nature is nature is created by God with its own limitations and God would just allow this nature this natural force of nature to overflow for example with too much rain and water because that is their natural way so I, I repeat God does not prevent does not control the forces of nature this is his permissive will again I say this this is his permissive will he allows it because he knows that he has the power to draw good out of evil you know when 9-11 happened in New York a New Yorker priest said yes we were shocked we were saddened we were surprised by 9-11 but we are up for 1912 9-12 we were sad 9-11 but we are now happy 9-12 because the cooperation the 
banding together, helping each other to rebuild the tower is great. So that is it. How we can thank God for allowing us this and that for a reason. Second, next question here. Good morning, Monsignor. Again, please tell us why did the Father want Jesus to suffer greatly in order to redeem and save us? Okay. This question should have been asked only during Lent. But why now, in ordinary time, we are, ask, we are asking this question? Because God has opted to redeem us from the original sin of Adam and Eve. Basically, pride and haste. Proud enough to be like God and in haste to be like Him. So Jesus was made to suffer. Not only the agony in the garden, not only the scourging at the pillar, not only the crowning with thorns, not only the carrying of the cross, but especially the crucifixion. Because by his death on the cross, he showed himself humble enough to obey God's will. And why does God will precisely for that? Because in suffering, you have to show not only humility, but patience to endure all pains. And that's why Jesus precisely redeemed us, brought us back from pride and haste with his humility and patience. So redemption, but salvation, we must try to practice what he has commanded us to do. We must also try to be humble to obey God's will. We must also try to be patient to endure all pains. So as St. Paul has said, yes, Christ saved us from our sins by his suffering, but we have to complete that by ourselves, by saving ourselves, by also suffering as much as we can. So it's true. We cannot understand, but God can write straight on crooked lines. We may not understand His wills, but that is how it is. St. Thomas Aquinas has said, Jesus could have redeemed us with the first blood that he shed when he was circumcised. But why did he go on to live rejected, not accepted, and then agony in the garden till crucifixion? Because that is how he could be fulfilling the will of the Father. Redemption and our salvation. Next question here. In connection to Chelsea's question here, sa kadaghan mag-pray mons, dili siya ma-confuse or ma-busy si God whom to answer first and what to do asap? Sometimes mons, if God is letting me wait 
or go through something, I just say to myself, busy ang linya ni Lord. <laughs> That's true. God is God. He is all-powerful, He is all-knowing, and He knows all at one side. There is no before, during, and after in God. There is no past, present, and future. In God, everything is now. He knows already the end and the beginning of everything. And so, he ca cannot be confused because he already knows the now of the past and the now of the future. We must not un try to understand how really God works or else we would be gods ourselves. Thank you again, Monsignor. You have truly helped me a lot in my faith journey. Your Bible study prepares us to understand the Sunday Gospel. I just hope and pray our parishes through the parish priests can also organize one in the parish so that parishioners can also be benefited. Thank you. That's true. There is a need. There is a need to know more and more Jesus Christ. Because how can we love Him if we do not know Him? And how can we follow Him if we do not love Him? So the more, the, the fuller we understand the message of the Sunday Gospel by precisely trying to find time also to study the parallel texts, especially the synoptic Gospels, so that our understanding would be fuller and better for us. And the priest who facilitates all these Bible studies, I'm sure, will be benefited by it, and he will stand on the pulpit with self-confidence to talk about just one point, because one homily is made when it is short, straight to the point. Reflection. May our offering of our collective attendance to this Bible study and Sunday Mass help our fellow men who remain far from God and those who are ashamed of their sins and want to be reconciled to God. As I have said, this year our theme or sub-theme is gifted to give. What have we been gifted with? Originally, first year of Christianity in the Philippines, we were gifted with the Doctrina Christiana, the first published pamphlet of the truths about God, about Jesus, about the church. Now, 500 years after, we should give, we should give the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is a well-pounded theological reflection chaired by Cardinal Ratzinger 
now Benedict the That is what we should give now. Try to be convinced that we cannot just be gifted with the past, but now we should give to the future. If we say we are gifted with the image of Señor Santo Niño 500 years ago, 500 years after we should now give not only an image of Señor Santo Niño, but the sound doctrine on which the devotion is grounded on and the discipline that is strict made by the Church. We should try to explain to them that an icon is an icon, never an idol. So there is still a lot of explaining to do. St. Francis has said the new evangelization includes the avoidance of ignorance, indifference, and individualism. We must not ignore anymore God, His creation. We must not avoid unconcern for others. We must concern, we must care for others. But then we must not be individualistic. We are born individuals, but we have to count on others to help us achieve our purpose in life. I always ask God to take control of our lives because I believe He will make all things beautiful in His time. Just keep on trusting Him. That's true. Trust is necessary if you just have to tell the truth of yourself. Be honest with yourself. To thine own self be true because only truth builds trust. If you are truthful, you are trustworthy and you are also trusting others. So truth and trust go together. These are the two pillars in a marriage and in a family. We have to know how God works all-powerful, all-suffering, and all-knowing. So I hope I have tried to highlight uh, a point that runs along the same continuum in those synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I hope you take this home, or you are already at home, learn and live by it. Good morning and thank you for today's session. Reflection. Prayer is for man because it is the time and space where we make God meet us as human by praising, glorifying, thanking, and asking Him in human terms as opposed to not praying where He remains a thought, a mere being from above. Only the humble can pray well because the proud will not admit that he needs a God to meet his needs that he can take care of himself an atheist is one who does not believe in God because he thinks he is self-sufficient he can take care of himself alone but that is not true that is not true. So we must be conscious ourselves of the presence of God.
convinced of his power and confident in his providence. So go on reflecting on this and uh, try to give what we have been gifted with. I repeat, Christ now asks us to give, to share Christ. We have been gifted with Him. So how can we give if we are not gifted with Him? So anyway, I here I pause with a blessing from above the Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you and goodbye and buongiorno. Hasta la vista. See you again. Wow, that was an amazing talk given by Monsignor Achilles Dakai. We are so grateful for the Lord for sending Monsignor Dakai to share God's word to all of us. We would like to thank again Monsignor Achilles Dakai and also to our heartfelt gratitude goes to all of you who joined, interacted, and asked a question for Monsignor Dakai. Hear more from Monsignor Dakai again next weekend. This is once again the Gifted to Give podcast for your ears only. I am Brother Guillen signing off. Have a blessed Sunday to all, and to God be the glory. You have just listened to the Gifted to Give podcast with your host, Brother Guillen, Brother John, and Father Jojo. Catch our next episode. This episode of the Gifted to Give podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to our Facebook page at 500 Years of Christianity, Archdiocese of Cebu. If you love the Gifted to Give podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review everywhere you listen to your podcast. Till next time, 